good to be in the house of the Lord. We may be few, but where two or more are gathered, God's here with us this evening. Amen. I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad that I could be of a help to my pastor in this time in his life. And I pray that you continue to pray for Pastor and Miss Connie as they uh, as they get over this virus. Uh, I myself am losing my voice, so hopefully you can hear me this evening. Uh, I was kind of struggling as to what to say this evening. I was between two messages, and uh, Sunday I preached a uh, I preached a message and on having the right expectation, and I preached on. Uh, it wasn't what the people thought I was going to preach on, but I preached on suffering uh, in 2021. Uh, 2022, we had enough of it, we thought, but uh, I preached about suffering. Uh, it was funny. Uh, we, my wife and I, uh, we had a meeting in South Carolina, and uh, uh, we drove down to uh, Atlanta on our way to South Carolina for Sunday, and uh, we, we have some very specific prayer requests. I'd like to give you four of those real quickly. One of them is we're trying to raise some new funds. Uh, we got to raise some new funds. We changed mission boards, as, as some of you may know. And we also, uh, just with being on the field for a number of years uh, and the ministry growing and things of that nature, so we're, we're trying to raise some new funds, some more funds. And we had, a, uh, we had an uh, available meeting on Saturday, or su- Sunday morning, rather, uh, on our way to South Carolina for the evening service. And uh, we dropped into a church, and we went into this church in uh, Lithonia, Georgia, and uh, this church, we, when we got in, we, we felt really at home, uh, but they, they thought it was a little odd that we popped in on them. It was an all-black church, and we, we go in, and uh, one of the guys there in the, in the congregation, he comes up to us, and he says, uh, do, you, are, do you think you're at the right tr- place? And I said, well, do you guys love Jesus? <laughs> and, and, and he said, yeah, well, I said, I guess I'm at the right place. And they ended up, long story short, they ended up giving us their pulpit and letting me preach that morning. And, and, uh, and, uh, and also, uh, they, they made a commitment to take us on for support. Uh, 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 cross of Calvary Baptist Church, it was a blessing. Uh, our, our paths cross uh, uh, out of God's providence, uh, and God is supplying in, in unusual ways. Uh, he's, he's, he's answering our prayer requests, and we praise the Lord for how He answers the, those prayer requests. I, I preached on suffering that morning and one another guy come up to me after the message and he, he said man you got some nerve coming into this church preaching on suffering <laughs> that was the word of god and he said but man that blessed my heart and i said praise the lord and uh but uh we got lots of expectations in 2021 uh some of them are already unmet i'm i'm sure uh but well if we go to the lord if we go to the word of god we can get the right expectations uh, this evening, I'm not going to talk to you about uh, right expectations. I'm going to continue what I started uh, a few weeks ago. How many of you were here a few weeks ago when I preached? I think there's several that were not here. And so we're going to do a recap of some of what uh, went over, and then we're going to go into some new things this evening. But first, I want to give you three more of those prayer requests before we go into the Word of God this evening. Uh, one, remember, we're praying that the Lord would supply some new support as we're, as we're traveling around. We'll be uh, this weekend, we ask that you pray for us as we're traveling. We're going to be going to Virginia, and then we'll be on a long trip. We'll be gone for 10 or 11 days. Uh, we'll be up in Maryland. We'll be going up into some of that nonsense up in D.C. We were wanting to take the kids by the White House and stuff. I don't know if that's going to, show, that's going to be feasible or not, but we're going to uh, be up in Maryland. We're going to be up in D.C. and Virginia and North Carolina over the next 10 days. So pray that we have safe travels. Pray that these trips are productive. Uh, also, uh, we're trying to raise up a few 
laborers for the work of the ministry. And the God of heaven is already beginning to answer those prayer requests as well. Just a couple of weeks ago, we had the opportunity to be at the summit and 48 young people surrendered their lives to do what God would have with their lives. 48 young people signed a pledge that said, if God wills that they would serve the Lord in some capacity to get the gospel message of Jesus Christ to the world. Of those 48 people, we're hoping God sends a few of them to South Africa. We're praying for some laborers to South Africa specifically. Uh, We're praying for two families specifically that would surrender and come over there. I don't know if you know this, but that we know of in South Africa, you know, you hear a lot about South Africa because you have several families uh, in the church and out of the church uh, that go down there. But that we know of in South Africa, that we know of in South Africa, there are less than that many people who have learned the language and are ministering in a language amongst 45 million people. There's 45 million people that live in uh, the locations and speak a, uh, a tribal language, a black language. 45 million. And that we know of, the only people in this world that we know of that speak any of those languages are out of this church, and out of, out of Maryville Baptist Church, or out of Tom Hatley's church in Maryville, Tennessee. Uh, what's the name of that church? Fellowship Baptist Church. Fellowship Baptist Church. We're praying for laborers. Uh, we're praying for people who would uh, go and put in the hard work and the time and dedication to, to learn a national language, to learn that language and preach the gospel in a language they can understand. Uh, and so, uh, how, how would you like it if, if, if someone come and preach to you in Spanish? <laughs> it doesn't make much sense. I speak Spanish, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so thrilled to have to, if I were in America sitting in here, having to go in and listen to Spanish time, day in and day out. I want to hear the gospel in my language. Uh, And so they should have the opportunity to hear the gospel in their language. We pray for two families specifically. We're also praying for a few more students. Of course, God, I think, has already met that prayer request. So uh, we were going to pray. We were praying for five new students, but praise the Lord, I think we're going to hit that goal and many more. Uh, Last one, uh, last one, um, and I mentioned this just briefly uh, in our last message, we're going to, Lord willing, start a Christian school. Uh, I need... uh, God's wisdom and guidance and direction. Uh, we got, I've got some ideas in my head. I don't know what the Lord will have, have done, but we're going to have to raise some money uh, in order to get a property. Uh, we got some churches that we can start one in. Uh, Lord willing, uh, Brother Kevin and Miss Corley's church, maybe we can begin the, phase, uh, the starting phase in that, in that church, but uh, quickly we will have to have our own facilities. And so I'm going to probably, when I get back, I'm going to start a new church. Uh, and Lord willing, in an area that's right on the edge of the location, I don't know if you know much about South Africa, but inside the location, inside the location or inside the townships where we work, you can get property pretty cheap. I just, before I left, I, I think I bought three lots and, uh, for, I think, around $50 for the three of them, $15 a piece. Now, that's not normal. There are lots within there that are up to six, $7,000, uh, and that's where Soweto Baptist Church is in. But where we're needing to put the church is, is basically probably closer to on the, on the border is what I'm expecting. Maybe in an, in an area, I'm specifically praying about an area called Algoa Park. So if you could pray, pray for this work with me. Uh, and in that area, it's an area where, where, where some qualified teachers would not be scared to come into. Uh, some of our qualified teachers that we'd like to work, the school, work at the school, they don't want to go in the locations where we work because it's a little dangerous. And so... In order to do that, I'm going to have to start something, hopefully, Lord willing, on the edge, on the border of the location where 
where the students can get there easy and the teachers aren't too scared to go in, if that makes sense. Uh, and so uh, it, there's a tremendous need, tremendous need for, for education. We're, we're, of course, going to use this uh, and hope to expedite the, 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 the process of uh, uh, plan, uh, planning churches, uh, of training men for the work of the ministry. Uh, uh, and that's what we, in Peru, where I, where I worked for a number of years, that's one of the tools that the Lord used tremendously to expedite, to, to hurry up that process of getting men in the Bible college. Uh, there in South Africa, the school systems are uh, unfortunately failing. Uh, uh, there's a 38% pass rate. I don't know if you've heard or read, or seen anything on, on, on Facebook about this in our post, but there's a 38% matric rate uh, amongst, uh, amongst uh, high schools, 38% pass rate. And you say, that's not so, that doesn't sound too terrible, except for the pass rate is at 30% of 100. And not only 30% of 100, there are 28% of the population, 25 to 28% of the population that live outside of the locations. And so almost 100% of the people outside of the locations where we work, outside of those 45 million that live inside the location, almost 100% of them matric while everybody else is left way behind. I've got guys who are uh, grown men who can't, uh, can't play. We play little games, board games around the table with them, and they can't play Yahtzee. They can't add... Six plus six, and they can't, uh, and, and, and we have to teach them how to read their own language and things of that nature. We just need something to help expedite this process. And so we're praying the Lord opens doors. He seems to be opening doors. Uh, we're praying specifically for about fifty to $65,000 to come in. Uh, because I told you, you can buy a piece of property for $15 to up to six, $7,000 inside the location. But you get outside the location and you get bigger prices. <laughs> and, and they're much larger uh, sums of money that are necessary in order to uh, purchase property. So, uh, but we serve a big God. So we need, to, we need to raise some money for some property, uh, for a church plant, and for, um, and for a Christian school. So please keep that in your prayers. Uh, and uh, tonight we're going to go back over into the book of 1 Timothy. If you're there with me, 1 Timothy. I'm going to repeat some stuff for those... <coughs> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice. For those who weren't with us, uh, and for those who may be online who, who didn't hear the first message, I'm going to repeat a few things, and then we're going to see some new things that, Lord willing, will help us, uh, help us stay in, in, in the good fight. Now, if you remember last time, last time we were here, there's a lot of fighting going on right now, but there is a good fight to be in. In this book, we saw last time, that this whole book, the premise of this book, is staying in the good fight. The Apostle Paul has left Timothy in Ephesus, and there's a fight. He's in a, he's in a good fight. Look with me again. I told you last time, if you can remember, the keys to this book are hung at the back door and the front door, if you can remember. God's good to us, and he's, he's put it in chapter number 6, verse number 11. He says, but thou, old man of God, this book is addressed specifically to the man of God. It's a pastoral epistle. He says, thou, old man of God, Flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. And underline this phrase if you didn't last time. Here's your second chance. We're going to repeat some things tonight. You know, the best way to learn is repetition, right? Repeat, repeat, repeat. Over and over again, you're going to see in the, the epistles especially, you're going to see Paul reminding, 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 reminding. Uh, repeat. Uh, why? Because it's safe. When you get over into Philippians, he says, I'm going to tell you the same thing time and time again because it's safe for you. And today, don't expect to sit, hear anything new. We're just going to, I'm going to repeat a lot of things to you. Uh, and, and so 
here, underline this. He says, fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou hast art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Now, over in chapter number one, we saw it hanging at the front door also, this same key in verse number, uh, in verse number uh, 18. If, chapter number one, verse number 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecy which went before on thee, that thou by them wore a good warfare. We're, we're talking about fighting the good fight. Uh, there's a good fight. Now, I gave you last time, I remember, if you can recall, I, I gave you the illustration of, of Satan and the counterfeits. I don't know if you recall that. For those who weren't here, Satan is masterful at counterfeiting things. He is unbelievably good at putting fakes before us, and we are unbelievably good at taking them up as if they were the real thing. Uh, and the church is not, is not immune to taking up Satan's counterfeits. This church had taken up many counterfeits, many counterfeit fights, and we got to stay in the good fight. Satan is masterful. They're, he's going to dangle them before our faces, and if we're not very careful, we're going to fall for the counterfeits. Satan has lots and lots of experience at trickery, <laughs> at deception. You know, they say in order to be a master at anything, they say in order to be a master at anything, if you want to learn a language, you got to put in the hours. They say you got to put in 10,000 hours to master it. They say if you put in 10,000 hours, you can be a master at just about anything. Uh, whether you're a doctor, or whether you're a lawyer, whether you're yeah, whether you're a mechanic, uh, you, if you put in a good 10,000 hours, that's about five years at 40 hours a week, something like that. Well, let me remind you, Satan has 10,000 years at what he does. I don't know what that makes him or what level that makes him, but he's incredibly good at what he does. And so we need God's help to stay in the good fight. We, there's a good fight. We need God's help. Now, I want to remind you what the good fight is. I didn't stress this enough in the first message, and so I'm going to stress it a little bit more right here, especially for those who aren't with us. What is this good fight? What is the good fight that we're in? Well, it's the good fight is equipping men, equipping men, equipping women for the work of the ministry, equipping godly men, godly women for the work of the ministry. Remember in chapter number six, he said, Thou, O man of God. It's the, it's, it's mainly the man's responsibility, but that doesn't mean uh, mamas don't have uh, uh, mamas and grandmothers do not have uh, the same responsibility. Uh, Timothy had in chapter number two, if you remember, I'm sorry, in the second book, and also in Acts, we see that he was raised by a godly grandmother and a godly mother. And you've been studying this in Sunday school with Brother Jeremy about Timothy and his life, and and so every one of us are are part of this good fight. We are all part of this good fight of equipping godly men for the work of the ministry. There were many problems within this church, and it stemmed from ungodly men in wrong positions. It stemmed from ungodly people in wrong positions. Not just men. Women had stepped up. You remember? Uh, he, he said, don't usurp authority. Women are not to usurp authority. Those things are there because they were actually happening. Remember, all of these things are written because they're things that were happening. And, uh, and there were people who had stepped in the position of pastor in this church or in the position of leadership within this church who ought not have been in that position because they were not godly men or women. They were not godly men and women. He said in verse number three, and we talked about this last time, the way we get these godly men and women are how? 
through right doctrine. That's why doctrine is vitally, vitally important. In chapter number 1, verse number 3, and we're just repeating some stuff for now. I'll get to some new stuff here in a minute, but chapter number 1, verse number 3, as I besought these to abide still at Ephesus, Paul's talking to Timothy, when I went unto Macedonia, so Paul left Timothy behind in order to continue on on his heavenly call to Macedonia. He, he had received a heavenly call. Why? That thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. See, the problem that was in this church, and we talked about it last time, is the same problem that we encounter today. Wrong doctrine. Ungodly doctrine. And not only that, but a lack of something. Godly men. I don't know if you noticed it, but look that verse again with me. He says, I besought thee. Circle that word beseech. Besought. Y'all can help me out here. I'm, I'm not very smart. What does that word beseech mean? Hudson? What does it mean to beseech? Do you know? Anybody know? To beg. That's a, yeah, it just means I begged you. Now let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If, if Paul's standing there with Timothy and he's wanting to go on into Macedonia, is he going to beg a little punk when he's got five, fifty, or sixty standing beside him? Think about this. Why in the world is he going to beg somebody? Why is he going to beg somebody? Because there are no men of God. There are very few men of God. There are very few men of God. Well, Timothy was there. And Timothy, well, you know what you need to be used to God? A willingness, and you need to be righteous. And Timothy was both of those. He was qualified man for the job. He was who was available. He was who was available and he was righteous. You see, there were people within this church who were standing up, and we've talked about this. They were standing up and preaching, but they didn't even understand the most basic principles of the Scriptures. Verse number 7. Verse number 7, he says it. He says, verse number 7, he says, Desiring to be teachers, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither whereof they... Neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. So there were people standing up in this church who were definitely not fulfilling chapter number three. What is chapter number three? Chapter number three is, is, is the chapter, the, the requirements for a bishop or a pastor or, 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 or an elder within a church. Timothy was there and Timothy was one that was qualified. What we need are qualified men for the pastor. Qualified men for the pulpits. Timothy was that man. These guys did not even understand why the law was given. How many of us in here can tell us why the law was given? We understand Galatians 3.23. If you're saved, you understand the law wasn't given because you, or to make you, or to, uh, so that you would obey it. You understand why it was given. Yes, we want to obey the law, but you understand why it was given. What was, what's the purpose of the law? It was given as our schoolmaster. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us into Christ, that we might be justified by faith. We understand that. We understand these lawless people. Look at verse number 8. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. It's not made for... Timothy was a righteous man. If you're a righteous man, the law's not made for you. You have Jesus. You have The law is made for who? For the lawless and disobedient. For the ungodly and for sinners of unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers of murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for manstealers. 
That's, an, that's, that's, an, that's a neat little word that addresses an issue that later on you see. For man-stealers, for liars, for purged persons, if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. All these things are faithful sayings, in verse number 15, and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief, as he says. So they didn't even understand the reason God gave that law was to show man his sinful condition. That law was going to carry them to Christ. It was going to be that guide to take them to the help that comes in and through the person of Jesus Christ, in and through God's way. They were standing up and preaching. They were standing up and sharing all kinds of scripture. Let me tell you, all around the world, they stand up and share. If you come to South Africa with me, I can sit there and I can be out witnessing on a Saturday, also in the church on Sunday, but I can go out witnessing on Saturday and I can begin to talk and I can begin to share. And I just gave you John 3.16 and they'll be mouthing it with me as they're drinking a cold beer, as they're getting drunk and, and worshiping their ancestors. They can, they can quote the verses with me. These folks, they had verses. They had lots of verses. They didn't understand what they were saying. They had, they had verses, but they didn't understand what they were saying. They were not righteous men. They didn't have, they weren't cloaked in the righteousness of God. They didn't have, have that righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. They didn't have that. They, they thought they were keeping the law. They were trying to keep the law. They, they were trying to do what they could do to make themselves right with God. Not of works. We understand these. They're simple, basic truths that you and I understand. We know that it's not of works. We know Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. They didn't know the basic tenets, the very basic principles. And there's people all over this world today in the same state while the churches have pews full of people who understand truth. Oh, man of God, where are you? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And there's all kinds of men of God just sitting on the sidelines all around the world. And we wonder why our country is in the state that it's in. When God has been patient and God has been calling, but there ain't many people answering the call. Oh, man of God. Well, Timothy was there. Timothy responded to the call and undoubtedly Timothy got in over his head. And the God of heaven saw him. And the God of heaven loved him. And the God of heaven gave him what he needed to continue on in his fight. And the God of heaven will give it to you too. You trust the God of heaven and he will give you everything you need to accomplish the task he has given you to do. He will give it to you. You just have to trust him by faith. You have to begin to take steps of faith for faith. And God will supply every one of your needs. I've seen it time and time again. God is merciful. God is gracious. And God gives us what we need to accomplish his will. Oh, man of God, the good fight is... Equipping men of God for the work of the ministry. These people, they needed truth. They needed truth. They needed Timothy. Timothy was the man for the job. The good fight is equipping godly men for the work of the ministry. Now, you've got to understand the good fight to stay in it. That is the, the purpose of this church. We've got to remember this in 2021. 
Because we want to get into this fight and this fight and that fight and that fight. But we got to remember, it's, it's making godly people. The purpose of this church is equipping godly people for the expansion of his kingdom. That is the purpose of our church. Our church is to edify men for the work of the ministry. That's why he's given these gifts and these differing gifts to the church so that we would be edified and the body of Christ would grow. And staying in that fight is extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult. The good fight, the good fight is equipping godly men for the work of the ministry. And then turn over with me. Now we're going to see some new stuff very quickly. I want to, I want to share just a few things with you that will help you stay in this good fight in 2021. Because Satan wants to put all kinds of other things before your face. But remember, as a church, remember, every other thing that he puts before you is going to leave you like a counterfeit, empty-handed in the end. Every other thing that he puts before you, it's like, the, and I gave you the illustration last time, it's like those fake sunglasses that you buy off the street corner and in, in downtown Atlanta, possibly, they sell them. I don't know. Maybe you can find those nice Rolexes, those $10,000, dollars $100,000 watches on the side of the road. You ever seen them? I don't know if you've ever seen them, but in South America, we had them, man, and people, you just put it on and you'd fall for it. And the next thing you know, all the hands are falling off the watch three weeks later, and you're left with nothing. And you're left with nothing. That's what Satan wants. And these things look good. All these things that the church gets occupied with, that take away from equipping godly men for the work of the ministry, they look real good. But they will leave you empty-handed in the end. They will leave you empty-handed. But God is reminding Timothy of these things. And any faithful minister is simply going to do that. And that's what I want to be. And I told you this last time I was here. I just want to be a faithful minister to remind you. In chapter number 4, verse number 6, he says, If thou put... The brethren, in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. And I just want to put you in remembrance. I want to put myself in remembrance of these things. <laughs> that I would be a good minister of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The good fight, the good fight, the good fight is equipping godly men and women for the work of the ministry. The good fight is encouraging us to stay in that fight. It's encouraging others to continue on in that fight. We continue on in that fight, exercising yourself unto godliness. In chapter number 4, verse number, verse number 7, the good fight is equipping godly men for the work of the ministry and encouraging them to continue to exercise themselves into godliness. And there is no shortcuts to godliness. There are no shortcuts to being godly, to staying in the good fight. We can't let down our guard. It's a fight. How many of you have ever been into a fight? Yeah. Unfortunately, I had to raise my hand. I've been in several fights. If you've been in a fight, you let down your guard, you're going to get knocked out. Right? You've got to keep your guard up. We cannot let down our guard. Or we're going to get knocked out. First Timothy chapter number four, verse number seven. This is a eight-letter cuss word, if you will, for most of us. Exercise. In order to stay in the good fight, you're going to be, have to exercise. In 2021, I want to encourage you to exercise. All right, we're going to make some resolutions today, right? I'm not talking about losing some weight. That's different. All right. 
We need to exercise. Exercise. Exercise what? But refuse profane and old wise fables. Refuse these things. And exercise. Underline that word, that eight-letter cuss word right there for you. Exercise thyself rather into godliness. There must be a continual exercising unto godliness if you don't want to fall for a counterfeit. If you're not willing to exercise, yeah, you may come to church, yeah, you may be able to quote verses, but you will fall for a counterfeit and you will end up empty-handed in the end. You will fall for Satan's if you are lazy. If you are not willing to exercise yourself unto godliness, you will fall for the counterfeits. You must, in 2021, make the resolution to exercise yourself unto godliness. And I'm going to give you five exercises to, to do in 2021. Exercises unto godliness. If you don't exercise, you will get knocked out of the good fight. If you don't exercise, you'll get knocked out. And I don't know if you know about exercising. Uh, once you get into a routine of stuff, once you get over the hump, it's actually pretty enjoyable. Uh, I, I've never been a runner, and I, and I, I can't vouch for this because some of these marathon runners, they say once you, once you get over that hump, it, it's like, man, it's, it's, it's nice, it's pleasurable. I don't get that at all. I don't understand that in the least. I don't understand how running a marathon or running that far could ever be pleasurable. But you got to get over that hump. And I do understand about working out, though. If I, if I exercise for a little bit, man, it is terribly hard. I don't enjoy it. But there comes a time when I get over this little hump, and, man, it begins to, I, I like it. I feel like I need to do it even more and more. I don't know if you've ever been there. But the problem is most of us stay on this side of the hump, and we start, and we stop, and we start, and we stop, and we start, and we stop. And we're not faithful in our exercise. But I want to, I want to encourage you to stay faithful to exercising yourself unto godliness in 2021. And I want to give you five exercises to practice. Jackson, write these five exercises down. Five exercises to practice in 2021. And the first one we're going to see in, in chapter number four, verse number five. Give me 10 minutes and I'm going to finish this. Chapter number four, verse number five, the Bible gives us one exercise. Right out there, number one, out in, your, out in the margin of the Bible if you want to. He says, for it is sanctified. It is sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. Now, what had happened here in chapter number four, verse number one, is there's these people that came into church and they began to teach doctrines of devils, anything that was contrary to wholesome words. These people began to come in and they began to preach and teach stuff that was contrary to Scripture. They began to preach and teach against marriage. I love marriage. I love my wife. They began to preach and teach against meat. Man, if you want some good meat, you need to come to South Africa. We get, some, we get a T-bone steak like that right there for like $2, $2.50. good stuff. Come on over and I'll, I'll, I'll throw you one on the bry. We call a, a barbecue a bry there. I miss South Africa now. Uh, but, but they were teaching and preaching against meat. They were teaching and preaching against foods. They were teaching and preaching against marriage. Two things that are permittable. Two things that the, the Word of God uh, permits. And they began to teach about these things. But here's your exercise. Sanctify all that you do through word and prayer. That's your first exercise. So what are we going to do? We're going to take every action that we're going to do, we're going to start off, and we're going to sanctify it by word and prayer. We're going to ask the God of heaven. Well, first off, we see in his word, is it permissible? All right. Well, then we pray just because it's not con 
condemned in the Scripture doesn't mean it's the will of God for our lives. So He has given us a, a conscience and He has also given us the Holy Spirit. And so we take that to prayer. We take it to prayer. We have to humble ourselves. 2021, we should humble ourselves before a holy and just God. You know what prayer does? Prayer shows a humility. You know why we don't pray? Because we're, we're very proud people. Pride cometh before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. And we don't pray like we should because we think we can do it without Him. Prayer. Humble yourself and pray. Humble. Humble yourself. Prayer shows dependence. And we need God more than ever now. And we need His Scriptures. Sanctify all that you do. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Wherefore, if you, whatever you eat, Whatever you drink, do everything that you do to the glory of God. So it doesn't matter what you're going to do in 2021. You're going to do it to God's glory. And you'll know by sanctifying, you'll be taking what you're planning to do and comparing it with the Scripture. And if God is not for it, you begin to pray. If God is not for it, you toss it to the side. Real simple. But if God's okay, if it does, God doesn't condemn it in the Scriptures, if God doesn't, isn't against it, then you begin to pray and ask the Holy Spirit. Because what had happened in these people's lives is they had seared their conscience with a hot iron. They weren't sensitive to the, to the working of the Holy Spirit. They had seared it. It's like they, 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 they cauterized a wound. Well, that was like the heart of these people because they, they, they'd suppressed uh, the, the working of the Holy Spirit and His Word. He uses His Word and His Spirit to convict your heart. And the more you suppress it, the more you're the more it's like callousing over your heart. And that's what was happening here. And next thing you know, doctrines of devils entered into the pulpits. So sanctify all that you do through word and prayer. That's your first exercise. That's a big exercise. These are big exercises. Yeah, yeah. There's no shortcuts to godliness. There are no shortcuts to godliness. First thing, you're going to sanctify everything you do through word and prayer. Second thing we're going to do in verse number 9. Verse number 9 says it this way. Excuse me. Verse number 9. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. So, what's the exercise? We're going to believe every single word of God is true. That says this, and it's talking specifically in context about this letter, uh, but we believe all Scripture is God-breathed, right? All Scripture is inspired by God. And In the second letter, he's going to write Timothy and he's going to say that. It's given by the inspiration. It's God-breathed out. It's given by the inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That you, in the next verse, do something with it. So we're going to sanctify. We're going to believe every, sorry, we're going to believe every single word of God is true. Even the ones we don't want to believe and even the ones that are hard to, hard to believe. We're just going to believe it to be true. There were things that were being said in this letter that were hard to take, that were hard to swallow. Women don't usurp authority. Don't stand up and, and, and take that position. Why? Because God said so. If you don't understand for any other reason, because God said so. There is an underlying reason. There, it's going to cause chaos, and it's going to cause confusion, and it's going to cause gender confusion and all kinds of craziness when, when a woman takes a position she ain't supposed to have. It's going to cause all kinds of nonsense and chaos. But... Just because God said it, you don't do it. Yeah, even though you might not understand it. Slaves, we talked about this in the first message. Slaves, you're gonna, you're gonna put your, you're gonna submit yourself unto that authority. That master. Huh, that was a, what are you talking about? 
2021, you're going to talk about slaves submitting to masters? Yeah, but he isn't condemning or condoning slavery. We talked about that. He's not condemning or condoning slavery. He's talking about them being who they ought to be and affecting real change as a result of being salt, of being light. Those slaves could actually have an effect on their masters if they were to be who they were to be. Yeah, he's already condoned slavery in this book. For those of you who might think God was in okay with slavery, he said man-stealers. He says, those people got their life, they got a place in the lake of fire. That's what he said in the first chapter. So don't think God is for this crazy nonsense of slavery. Don't, we need to know our Bible when people say, oh, God condones slavery. No, he does not. Read your Bible. That's not what he's talking about. Read your Bible. Don't be ignorant as to the scriptures. Man stealer. Look, look back over there with me. Look back. It says man stealers. That's talking about slave owners. Go back and study it. That's slave owners. We're not, but you, slaves, employees, you can, you can use that. You can lighten it up if you want to. Employees submit to your employer. Even though they don't pay you what you ought to pay, you know, you need to protest. No, no, we need to do what God says to do. God says honor them. God says honor them and you'll affect real change. You'll attack the root and not the fruit. And you'll get what you're actually, there'll be a real change possibly that'll take place. So we're going to believe every word of God is true. Every single word of God is true, whether we understand it or not, or whether we like it or not. We're going to believe it to be true, whether we understand it or whether we like it. Because in the end, it's good. We understand all of His precepts. Everything that God said is good. Can I, tell, can I remind you, every single thing He said is good. It's good. Because He's good. Alright, there's your two exercises. Let's go to the third exercise very quickly. I got about five minutes less. I got about three minutes. Let's see if we can get through these very quickly. The third exercise, verse number 11. Now here's your big one. Here's your big one. These things command and teach. So you need to find somebody and put these things before them. Or you're going to be in the wrong. These things command and teach. Later on, he says, the thing that thou hast heard of me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who should be able to teach others also. You, me, we have the responsibility of making disciples. In a minute, we're going to have an altar call. And I hope you come up here and I hope you beg God for a new disciple this year. There's a lot of pews here. There's a lot of room. God's made room for some new folks. Praise the Lord. It's on you. Awaken to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to our shame. What you've been given among many witnesses to your responsibility. It's my responsibility to commit these things to other people. Yeah, we commit them to our kids, but man, not only to our kids. To others. So change a conversation at the dinner table. Make disciples. He says, command and teach these things. Who are you commanding and teaching? And I'm not talking about at church. It's a good place to do it too. But I'm talking about at the workplace, at home. Find you a disciple. I don't have a disciple. Pray. Got to give you one. 2021, we got another chance. Fresh start. 
fresh start to begin to work our salvation. Work out. Begin to exercise ourselves unto godliness. First exercise, we're going we're gonna to sanctify everything we do through word and prayer. Second thing we're going to do in 2021, we're going to believe every single word of God is true. Every, every single word of God is true. And third thing we're going to do is we're going to begin to give what we get to others. We've been blessed to be a blessing. We've been blessed spiritually, financially, physically. Amen? And why? Why, do you, why, why? why are you not on that respirator? Why am I not on that respirator? Because God's got a purpose for your life. Because, because He's got a plan for your life. Because He's good. And He's got something better in store for you on that side. So we're going to change our conversation and we're going to begin to make disciples. Fourth thing, very quickly, I've got two more. I'm going to close on time. Fourth thing, verse number 13. Till I come, and you know this one's coming, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Read, read, read the Scriptures. Read. It's a fight of faith. How in the world are you going to fight a fight of faith Without having faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Read out loud. Read. When you do your devotions at home, father, mother, when you do it and you see somebody come in the room, read out loud. Man, they can't get enough of it. When, when my kids walk in, I want to read out loud. I'm going to read it out loud in, in a couple languages. I'm going to make sure they get it in some language. I'm going to make sure my kids hear the Word of God. Oh, man of God. Read the Scriptures. Read them at home. Read them in the pulpit. Read them in your Sunday school class. Read the Scriptures. We need the Scriptures. We need the Word of God. The Word is a lamp in my feet and a light in my path. Read. Faith comes by hearing. We need it in order to stay in the good fight. Read, read, read. I'll stop there. But get you a, get you a Bible plan and work it. It's the beginning of the year. 2021. Let's start some new exercises. 14. Verse number 14. I'll close with this one. Verse number 14. What does it say? <coughs> Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. So Timothy had a gift. And that's one of the dangerous things about this time. That's one of the very dangerous things about this time for those of you who are on social media. I understand. I understand the times. But we need the church. We need the church. We need to exercise our gifts. God has given you a gift to use in your local church. If you're not willing to use your local gift in church, get ready to get knocked out of the good fight. You have been gifted over and over and over again. There's verse after verse after verse. 1 Corinthians 7 talks about it. Romans 12, 6. Ephesians 3, 7. Uh, Ephesians 4. I mean, they're littered throughout the New Testament about how the God of heaven has graced you with a gift to use. A gift to use in this local church. And for the furtherance of the gospel. And for the edification of godly men and godly women for the work of the ministry. God has given you a gift and you should be able to tell that person sitting next to you what it is that you need to be doing. You should be able to tell them, look, I'm, I'm the pastor. Look, this is, I, I mean, this is where I, I'm a body part. You know, he gives the analogy. He gives the, of, of members, members of a body. We're members of a family. If you're a member of the body, you've you got a certain function. And each member has a particular function. And you should be able to recount that or tell that to somebody else. Well, this is what I do in my local church. 
And this is my ministry in my local church. And if you don't have a ministry in your local church, 2021 is the time to start exercising yourself unto godliness. If you're not exercising, if you don't have a ministry in your local church, exercise yourself unto godliness. Talk to pastor. There's a gazillion places to serve around here. There's always somewhere to fit in. There's a place for you. The God of heaven has given you a gift to use in your local church. Your local church needs you desperately. You need them desperately. You know, in Africa, when you see animals and you see them get off to the edge, you know, outside of the pack a little bit, that's what happens. That's when they get attacked. When they get attacked, that's why this time is so desperately scary and so desperately uh, dangerous for believers because we get outside the pack and we don't have any communion. We don't have any fellowship. Uh, and and next thing you know, Satan is Satan is attacking like that baby elephant on the outside of the pack gets attacked by the hyenas or whatever. That's like the lion's attack. Well, he's lurking. He's seeing who he can devour, and he's devoured a lot in 2020. He's devoured a lot of brethren in 2020, and it's heartbreaking. And your pastor, it's heartbreaking. For your pastor, pray for him and get back in church. Get back in church. Get in the Word of God. Exercise yourself unto godliness. Take this time now. Take this time of, 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 of invitation that we're about to start now as the piano plays here in just a minute. And, and, and get with God right now and ask God to help you. Help you in 2021. Exercise yourself unto godliness. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for the opportunity to preach it. I pray to God now that you'd bless it. I pray to God that you'd do the work that only you can do. I pray to God that each and every one of us, excuse me, would respond appropriately. God, I pray that you would use your Holy Spirit and your Word to convict hearts of those maybe on the Internet and those in this auditorium now, God. That we'd get our lives right with you. That you would help us, Lord, Stay in the good fight. Lord, I pray to your God that you would help us, strengthen us, strengthen our faith, that we would stay in the good fight. Every head bowed and every eye closed. As the piano plays, I just want to give a brief time to respond to the Word of God. This evening, what fight are you in? Are you, have, you, have you let down your guard completely? Are you completely out of the fight? Has coronavirus taken you completely out of the fight of faith? Well, God's putting a reminder before you. Pick it up. Get back in the fight. I know. Maybe you got knocked down in 2020. It's tough. There's no shortcut. It's tough. But God has a fight for you. Are you in this fight? You ain't in this fight if you're not godly. First and foremost, are you certain that you are godly, that you have the righteousness of Jesus Christ? If you're listening to my voice and you haven't believed in the Lord Jesus Christ for redemption, for reconciliation, if you haven't seen your condition before a holy and just God as wicked and in need of a Savior, you're not godly. You, you need God. God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have reconciliation with you. He wants to have restored fellowship with you. And that only comes in and through His way. And you must humble yourself and, and, and believe and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're here tonight, 
and you've never made that decision, if you're listening to me on the internet and you've never made that decision, come up. Come forward now. Come forward now. I'd love to talk to you. This altar's open. God's dealing with your heart about any of these issues that you've heard tonight. Come forward. Maybe you come up here and and ask the Lord, God, give me this year. Give me this year just one. One new disciple. One person that I could invest my life in. God, please, if you would, just give me the opportunity to invest my life in one more person. You have left me here for a reason, God. Help me to fulfill the purpose and stay in the fight that you've given me. God, help me to commit to exercising myself into godliness. Help me, help me to stay faithful to my Bible reading, God. Help me stay faithful to teaching and exhorting the things that you've given me, to blessing those that haven't been blessed like I've been blessed. I've been blessed to be a blessing. What fight are you in tonight? Respond appropriately to God and the Holy Spirit. Don't sear that conscience. That little voice, if you will, that that spirit that is urging you to make a decision. Make that decision tonight. Make that decision. God in heaven, I pray to God that your will and your way would take place in the heart of your people. Pray to God that you would use the words that I've spoken tonight to encourage, not to discourage, but encourage your people. Your God of second, third, fourth, and tenth, and twentieth chances. God, we stand up 2021. Help us, Lord, to stand in your strength and in your grace. We're weak, but in your grace, we're strong. We thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for what you're going to do in 2021 through our church, through each individual that's in this building and each person that's listening via live stream. God, I pray that you would help us to stay in the good fight, fight of faith. God, thank you for for your goodness and your mercy and giving us a purpose to live for. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for all your blessings in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray.